Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. installment of in soccer we trust the u.s is back in the world cup baby let's go of course we backed into it Heath, and that makes me feel a little weird i'm a little conflicted i saw christian pulisic speak after this game heath pierce where we lost 2-0 to costa rica in case you didn't see it and he was like i don't like to lose it feels kind of weird to celebrate us qualifying for a world cup even though we just lost are you feeling the same way as christian pulisic hollywood heath pierce no, like I get it. It was a pretty bad game and you lost to a bunch of teenagers, but like <laughs> this is a seven year journey at this point, right? This is the weight of a new generation carrying the weight of the old generation. This is weeks and months and years of preparation, of development, of players going to new clubs, of all those things to get to this moment. Now we can nitpick at every single thing that went wrong today, what they could have done better what the opportunity that was lost in a game like this to be able to try and challenge ourselves in a different way. But ultimately, we achieved the goal of qualifying. And yes, when you look at the table, Christian Pulisic is going to have to go back to, to Europe and talk about how he finished behind Mexico and he finished behind Canada. And I know there's some ego that goes into that. And I know you never want to lose a game, especially in Costa Rica. You want to break that that uh, that uh, right. sort of demon as well. You want to break through that. But you still got there. And there's plenty of time to kind of talk about this individual game, but now we're talking about holistically the fact that we did what we had to do to qualify. And I think that's the most important part. And once in a while, and I just tweeted this a few minutes ago, Jimmy, once in a while, just once in a while, it is okay for all of us to stop criticizing and just be grateful and be excited and be proud of what this team has done. A team, by the way, that had zero, basically zero world cup qualifying experience going into this, that has qualified yeah. in pretty good fashion with a pretty good record. No, you're right. There's a lot of positive takeaways when you look at the bigger picture, the 14 games, the first time we've ever had a final round of qualifying that had eight teams, right? And now you are giving two extra nations a chance to take a swipe at you. And that's hard to navigate. Those away games are difficult. We, we, we've, we've seen that already. I also had a tweet where, and we've talked about this before, you're never as good as you think you are during your best game. So that game against Panama, right? 
yeah, we won 5-1, and it was a tremendous, tremendous result, and it was nice to hit the back of the net and take that pressure off, and we scored in, in, a, in a variety of different ways and got some good performances from a lot of players. But when we look at the Costa Rica one, well, we probably weren't as good as we thought we were. We, we dissected it a little bit. That it still wasn't great. There were still some areas where we are like, ah, this could have been a little sharper here and there. When we look at the Costa Rica game, I didn't mind our first half. We, we created more corner kicks. We created more free kicks. We didn't score or have a lot of chances in the run of play per se, but we were peppering Keylor Navas, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and making him work. The second half comes out, and what really, I guess, bums me out and something that I'd like to talk about from a collective standpoint is, can this team start to be better for longer stretches of games instead of being so are, you, are, are you are you not are you not happy at the moment? Like, what? what, what are oh, you yeah, feeling? I'm totally happy. I'm totally happy. And, and there's a sense of relief. Relief is my biggest, I, my number one buzzword right now. I'm just relieved that we got through, that we don't have to go through the incredible disappointment and have to answer questions. Italy has to answer these questions. Why didn't you guys go to the World Cup two Panama. consecutive times? Yeah, I mean, it's all these these little questions that we'd have to answer. That that well, I thought you're. Aren't you guys getting good? You got players winning Champions Leagues and playing for Barcelona. Why, you know? And these aren't these aren't the people that know. These are the casual fans that want to believe in the team, but we're not really giving them a reason to do so. And and so I just have that relief that like we're there. We got our, we got our ticket to the big dance. And now we got a chance to prove ourselves. And we can go a lot of different directions here, of course. And, and I want to welcome everybody in. Hit like and subscribe. Turn on your notifications if you're on the YouTubes. Give us some of your comments. How are you feeling? Because I kind of feel like Christian Pulisic after his. He was a little conflicted. You want it? You When I qualified, I was part of two World Cup qualifying teams. Were you down with us in San Pedro Sula for Honduras? I was not, no. Okay, so I was part of the, the, the 2006 and 2010 World Cup teams when they qualified. I didn't end up making 2010. But, but I was there for when we qualified. And we won both of those games. We beat Mexico and Columbus, which was awesome. And then we beat Honduras and San Pedro Sula. And to, to do it when you win was just, it's, it'd be really weird if we kind of felt like we backed our way into it, you know, with this yeah. loss. And so I am a little bit conflicted too, because I still want to break down this game because there's some learnings to take away from it. Yep. But I also want to celebrate the fact that we're back at the World Cup. <clears throat> and, and that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think... I'm certainly conflicted in the way in which we did it because I think you, it does feel like we backed in, right? Which is like, don't lose by a bunch. We only lost by a little. We're through. And that's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. the way you right, want right. anything, right? And you could see the confusion on the players' faces. Some of them are like, hey, man, like when you, when you run your worst mile of a marathon as your last mile, it's probably not going to feel that good. But at a certain point, you got to stop and realize that you ran – your best marathon, probably, or you oh, finished a marathon, you, right? Metaphor. You know, uh, again, this is my whole thing, that I, and I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this again, and I said this uh, yesterday or whatever, the day before, whenever the last time uh, we we did this 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 show was. The the person who graduates bottom of the class in medical school is a doctor, Jimmy. That is what this team is. They're not bottom <laughs> of the class necessarily. They are kind of bottom of the class. They finished third out of out of four, <laughs> but they're still going to the World Cup. They're still a World Cup team. And that's what's going to be, remem- be be remembered is the team that broke that 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 Duck. curse of 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 <laughs> missing uh, out when we had the ninety eight or ninety nine percent chance of qualifying going down to to um, Trinidad and Tobago in that last qualifying cycle. And I don't think the players re- recognize that because there's so much pressure on them and they've set the bar so high for themselves that I really respect the fact that they're not totally happy and they'll have a moment tonight. They'll get back. They'll celebrate. They'll be champagne in the meal room, you know how all of that is like people will find the excitement through all of that, but they probably could have finished off in a better fashion. In fact, 
One of the things that I like from this game, most particularly, before we get into the U.S. team, is I really liked this Costa Rican side's future. They played with that Costa Rican, like, it started to have, I started to have this moment of like, okay, the manager, I get it, yellow card warnings and, you know, all that stuff about suspension going into this playoff game. But the thing that I really liked is that if you're actually going to try to score six goals against the U.S., you probably have a better chance with this young squad than you do with your older squad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't create much. And the speed of which this team and the confidence of which that young Costa Rican side, who was, I think it was nine changes from the last game, went after the U.S. Uh, with very little uh, experience, with very, very little opportunity. So, yeah, look, you have Kendall Waston, uh, Navas, and Contreras. I, I don't know if Waston's – I think Waston – I don't know if Waston started the last one. But, like, you know, yeah, I think it was, there. like, nine nine changes of just literally Contreras moves from right wing to up front and Navas stays in goal. It's It was a, it was a really exciting team to watch. And I go, wow, where was that during their qualifying campaign, right? And and maybe it was too early to rep these players in, and it's a lot of stress or pressure to put on these players that didn't have experience. But those players played with courage, and they got a win against our USA team. And I want to give a shout-out to them. And again, the, they were, the cards were against them. The U.S. Sure. only had to do enough to, to qualify, and they did that. Uh, but I, I really respected the way that Co- Costa Rica competed. I've never seen Christian Pulisic get fouled as much as he did. I mean, he gets fouled a lot, but that was pretty crazy that they were just targeting young guys not afraid to, to get into a challenge, not afraid to disrupt play. And I just want to give a shout out to the future of this Costa Rican national team because I thought that with <laughs> zero, with very little experience, it's pretty cool to see the way that they came out. Their, uh, their future of fouling Pulisic in the future is bright, Heath Pierce. That's what I take away from your comment. But I do want to say also that Mexico made five changes and played some of their younger players and they came out with the same type of energy and they got a result against El Salvador. And, and, I feel like maybe we were ahead of the curve that we played our, a lot of our younger guys at an earlier stage and we benefited from that. And, and maybe Canada does uh, into a certain effect as well. Now, before we go any further, I do want to say that we have been handing out Paramount Plus gift cards, $100 Paramount Plus gift cards like candy. And we have a winner from the last one. We promised one after our last uh, podcast and we do it. And the winner of this one, okay, is JoJo. JoJo is the name. Congratulations to JoJo. You were the lucky winner of Monday's Paramount Plus subscription giveaway. That's a lot, a lot of premium live and on-demand content, including tonight's qualifiers, Champions League, Europa League, Serie A, NWSL, NFL, Halo, the series. The list goes on and on and on. So congratulations to you, JoJo. But you know what this means, everybody? When we close one door, we open up another one. We have another. $100 $100 Paramount Plus gift card to give away tonight. Wow. That's right, because we're so excited that we're returning to the World Cup. So this is what you have to do. You got to follow ISWT Pod in Soccer We Trust Pod, ISWT Pod on the Twitter, mm-hmm. and then subscribe to In Soccer We Trust on the mm-hmm. YouTubes. Okay. And when you do that, write P Plus in the comments and then your social media handle. Leave out the at, though. Don't put the at there because it just triggers something else in the algorithm for YouTube. P Plus. And your social media handle without mm-hmm. the app, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, and that will enter you into win so that we can keep giving you guys these cards. Let's make it happen, okay? So make that go. And then uh, if you're not listening to this live, then uh, make sure that you hit us up and try to get to one of these streams because we're giving you guys mm-hmm. opportunities to get the good stuff. Okay, hey, now back Jimmy, to your thoughts. Jimmy, 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 I, I, I got one more thought and then I want to turn Dude. it back to you. The part two of this Costa Rican side is I hope that the U.S can build a fortress at a location. And I know we have statistically against the, uh, Mexico and things like that. But when you, th- when you look at the atmosphere of what it's like to play in Costa Rica, right? 
and the odds were already against them to go automatic qualification. But that type of atmosphere, and you've been there, I've been there, it's very hostile. It's very, very hostile there. Yes. Uh, If the U.S. can tap into that, you saw what happens to the players from this Costa Rican side. They don't have international experience. They don't have age. They don't have any of these things, but they put on the crest. They play in front of their fans, and there was just this energy about them that I really, really like that I think Costa Rica's starting team is a little aged out of. But there was just this just this pride that I could feel in that game that was really, really cool because it you could have easily dis- dissected this. U.S. wins 4-0, and you go, oh, it's an experience, all these things. But there's just something about those players trying to prove something for the next generation and in front of that fan base that I thought was really cool. Now, when I turn it back to you, Jimmy, I, you know, before we get to the U.S., because I, I want to break down a number of things with this U.S. Sure, side, sure. A, a, including like sort of the, a holistic kind of look at things. And I know tomorrow you're going to you and Charlie are going to break down sort of this window that was. But was there anything from this Costa Rica side that that excited you? Was there, you know, just their game plan in general or or was it just a little bit of an outlier considering the circumstances going into this game and the scoreline and all that sort of stuff? Well, I, I thought it was interesting that. They didn't maybe play as many players that they wanted. They had those yellow cards, right? Mm-hmm. And they have to be. They had nine players that if they got an, another yellow card, they would be out for the intercontinental playoff against New Zealand. So I guess in some ways, when I saw the starting lineup, it, it looked very conservative that they didn't have all their star players for obvious reasons, the yellow card reasons. But that gave other opportunities to other players. But they also set up in a five-four-one. And I, th- I found that to be a little bit interesting because we did create a lot. Okay, they weren't run of play chances, but we did have a lot of, we had a ton of free kicks and we had a ton of corner kicks. And Miles mm-hmm. Robinson got on his head like, like five times. It's like back. I'm like, do these guys know that Miles Robinson's setting up at the back post? Because it's going to him every single time, but we couldn't capitalize on that. And, and, and that was a little bit unfortunate. But, but to Andre's point, he says, uh, massive boost to, Costa Rica's confidence to win against a stronger team. Of course, it's going to be yeah. great. I think that will be a nice boost for you as you take on New Zealand, who also have their confidence after beating Solomon Islands 5-0, but I don't think they faced anybody. By Solomon Islands. I appreciated yeah, well, the run. You did it. I had, I had got, belief. They, got there. they were close. One they step closer. Close. One step yeah. closer. They were a quarter. They got a quarter bid to a World Cup. You know, that's what they got out of that game. They, they did. They did. <laughs> well, now with maybe enough. 48 teams, they have a better <laughs> yeah. chance in 2026. But with regard to Costa Rica, and I'll, I'll link Mexico to this too, because they just played younger players, players that were hungry, that had something mm-hmm. to prove. And that was a little bit of my concern to segue into the U.S. a little bit, that we went with the same exact lineup that we did against Mexico. Does that bother you? It, it didn't. It was a bit surprising. I just thought that maybe we would tinker. Maybe we'd see Gio Reyna start. He hadn't started yet. Maybe there was an agreement with Dortmund that if you don't need to use him, uh, please don't kind of thing. I know that there's an opportunity there for us to develop some relationships, some partnerships, right? Maybe, maybe it's more time, more minutes with, with Pepe and, and Pulisic and, and Wea and Pepe and Yedlin and Pepe and, and, or excuse me. Yeah. And, and excuse me, Yedlin and Wea. And then also we should throw out there. Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson have started eight games prior to the kickoff, started eight games together. Mm-hmm. And we won seven of those and, and drew the other one in Mexico city, which is not easy. So a draw is a pretty good result. This is the first time they've lost as a, as a partnership. Yep. And and that it, what's, what's interesting, too, that everybody should keep in mind is that from now until the World Cup starts, there's only two FIFA windows to play games. And, and I find that to be interesting. And, and so this was an opportunity, I think, for Greg to maybe continue to identify who he thought were going to be his key players. Now, there's no Des, there's no McKinney, there's no Aronson. 
You know, Reina's still trying to work back to 100%. Wait, Jimmy, you said there's only two between now and the World That's Cup. That's right. I was, in my only mind, two. I was processing that. I was like, yeah, but those are like, you know, two games of of consequence, you know. And then I just realized that you actually mean there's two two windows. Two windows. I would assume there's potential for two games in those windows. As Yeah, as, I would say, I mean, if they want to stretch out three, but I bet you... No, they're double fixture dates, right? Like, double fixture I'm guessing, dates. Yeah. You're going to get... You have yeah. two windows, dudes, for seven and a half months. Two windows. And so when I talk to somebody, well, why don't we bring Carter Vickers in? Why don't we bring Brooks in? Why are we going to get Scally? When are we going to see? When are we going to see those guys? Yeah. Maybe there's a maybe there's a summer camp, kind of like the January camp used to be for the domestic players. Maybe there's going to be a cup camp cup well, for the European players hey, in the summer. You know? I would love a cupcake camp when I when I need to get my <laughs> when I need to get my confidence up for cupcake <laughs> camp. Jimmy, let me okay, let me ask you this then. Okay, there's only since there is only two. Who who do you you're you're uh you know you just threw on a pair of Jordans you know you got your skinny <laughs> jeans on you've just become Greg Berhalter right you yeah, you've just yeah. transformed am, into, I, am I taking and, selfies with fans during the yeah game? you're here okay. 89th minute you just took a selfie with a fan you close <laughs> up the sweet. game now you got to start uh planning for this 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 next I guess six seven months right who do you want to play like do you want to do you want to roll out against the best teams in the world and go for the top teners top 15ers? Do you want to have a nice? Oh, you're talking wide about range? The, friend, the friendlies. Uh, friendly sake, because because I look at it like this. Going back to this game, and and I I asked that question because I want you to actually answer it. But I'll to, answer to give it. it to give it a little bit of context. I'll give it some context. Yeah, I when I saw this game, I saw this as a unique opportunity to play an opponent that was going to face you differently than you've faced so far. Now, Costa Rica did a few di different ways of like pressing high and then dropping back and things like that and making the U.S. Uh, make changes and have to make changes in real time. But a few things that really stood out to me that were problematic is the amount of times that Yedlin was crossing it to Robinson and Robinson was crossing it to Yedlin mm -hmm. up in the top of the box. Now, mm -hmm. for the most part against Costa Rica, they only had one player up or two players up that could spring out on a counterattack, but it left us really, really vulnerable. And again, I, I want to address that at some point because yes, we had Acosta and yes, we had Adam. So you have double pivot. But when you're that exposed, there's one or two chances that if Costa Rica really saw it, they are going at us in a 2v2, 3v3 mm -hmm. scenario. And I think that needs to be sort of called out unless we're going to be really, really good in possession. And I feel like the starting points with our fullbacks are so high that it's forcing our midfielders, our wingers to come inside early and they're just crowding space. I feel the timing yeah. of that stuff, stuff is off that like the penetrating pass that takes players out of the game has to be so good and so precise that I'm not sure we're there yet, which all that goes back to like well, good center backs that can pass. But well, okay, but let me jump in because I want to say very quickly that yeah. I feel like Costa Rica set up to allow us to have that space. I mean, we had 65% possession or something and there was no room for Tim Weah to get vertical because they right. didn't allow any of that verticality to exist. So well, I'm so not saying high and wide, but I'm saying at a certain point that sure that, that's a trigger or timing, right? As one goes up, the other one has to come in. If you no, go I get early no, no, no. and yeah, the other I one comes it. in, now I you're blocking it. a passing lane to your striker. Your midfielders have to drop all the way back to your back line to make a back three or yeah, a back four yeah, amongst yeah. your center backs. It's just the fluidity of that has to be have a better motion. So it all happens a little bit more clockwork like than hey, we're just our starting point's gonna be so high that we check back, but now all the spaces are a little bit more crowded so that the dynamic movements to set up uh, an attack or set up a play. I feel like where the timing of that has to be perfect as opposed to a little more, more, more rhythmic. Well, when I think about this starting lineup, that was the exact one we played against Mexico. I thought Mexico was better. Our spacing was better. I thought the spacing between our lines was better. We weren't crowding each other. And, and Mexico probably falls into that category of a higher level team. Maybe not all Mexican national team fans feel that way, but we yeah. consider you guys a, a pretty good team. And 
when you say who we should face, we might want to consider facing somebody that does set up at a low block, but but not necessarily like a maybe no, no a top 10 team. Most top 10 teams don't do that. But can we find a top 20 team that we can play that does sit in a low block? Is that a Switzerland? You know, is that somebody that that we've seen that play in the Euros that sits in a low block? Would they play us in a low block if they played against us? Because they probably don't feel like they have to because they wouldn't have to concede as much space. That would be interesting for me because to your point, when teams sit, sit really deep against us, we do struggle. We've seen it in multiple mm-hmm. games throughout qualifying with a whole bunch of different talent that we had available. And we still couldn't really unlock it. Our best chances tonight were off set pieces. And even those, some of those set pieces weren't great. You know, I mean, we're for we're counting on Miles Robinson and Walker to to be our saviors going forward. That's not a good sign. You want to see the Ricardo Pepe sniffing around, getting on the end of stuff when things get knocked down or whatever it may be. So it, it, it's interesting. Um, we but, did but pepper yes. them. We did pepper them with with a few we did. chances. They were from we tough did. angles or further out and things like that. And there was a, a couple big uh, a couple comments in here that were just saying it was as a disappointing performance. Period. And I don't necessarily disagree in terms of the performance but again i try to keep it in perspective that when we started this campaign and we kind of started to drink our own kool-aid over time the whole idea (laughs) was like qualify that's it that's the goal every time is qualify now we can be critical and saying well you should have finished higher you shouldn't lose (laughs) qualifying and all those types of things and you shouldn't do it on your last day but like given the circumstances if it was two goals, I we probably see a different U.S. team that they. If, if Costa Rica only needed to win by two, we, we'd see a different U.S. team in terms of the way they approach this game. You know, there was a little bit of hedging going on, but it was disappointing nonetheless in terms of just you know shutting off for a couple of moments. And now, like you know, somebody wrote earlier, there, there's not another qualifier till after 2026. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And Vince Vince says we're too one dimensional. We really have one formation. I mean, I think that. And I understand where you're coming from, Vince. I think some of that relies on Pulisic to do something special, maybe to break what whatever kind of framework we have. When I coach, and I'll just kind of lean into that, I, I have parameters that are set up. And then when we get in the attacking third, I have ideas, but I also want to give my players the confidence that if they see something, they should go try to do it themselves or, or identify where the space is and make it happen. So there's kind of that mix of giving them some room to Im- improvise, but also still is trying to stay true to what you're working on and what the game plan is. Do you think so this is a good team? Me. Do you think it's a good quote unquote team? Uh, like what do you, uh, do you think it's a better <laughs> team than it is individuals? Like what, what do you, what do we make of this after this much qualifying? And I know you're going to go in, into details of this window and we're going to have plenty of time to talk about tough. The recap, but like, well, do you think we're a better team now than when we started qualifying? Do you think we're more integrated? Do we think we have a better identity? Is it more clear? I'm, I certainly think that we, we have a better idea of our best 11, but I'm still wondering, like, what is our best attack? What is it? Can, can, are we good enough to play against a number of different opponents that can approach us different ways? And well, kind of like while you go up in, in, in the ladder against quality of teams, that's going to become inherently more difficult. There's international games, the best teams in the world, where like two chances are created over 90 minutes all the time. But like, mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, is, is in your opinion, do you think we're better now than before? I think that we've identified. A couple things about our team with regard to to some players that have maybe solidified their place. I think that the McKinney Musa Adams midfield is probably the way to go. I think we've seen that we can rely on players in a pinch, whether that's Ethan Horvath, and I'm not just talking qualifying, but also Nations League, Gold Cup, all these meaningful competitions along the way. Shaq Moore can be relied upon in a pinch. You know, we 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 have some players that that uh, maybe have surprised some people, including us, Heath. So there's that. You have that kind of 
okay, I can trust this guy in certain situations. There's that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have a number nine. I don't think that's locked in. I, I honestly think you and I would choose Jesus Ferrer at this point. And he got in late when the game was kind of, you know, we're down 2-0 when he gets come in. You know, the right, right when they're about to come in, they score to make it 2-0, which, which hurts. I would, I would have loved to have seen what those changes, those subs would have done if it just had remained 1-0. Maybe we could have got back into it. What I do want to say is after we beat Panama 5-1, it was like we were taking showers in our Kool-Aid. We had a qualified banner, you know, in, in Orlando. That was and accidental, Jimmy. I mean, whatever, whatever. I, you know, it's fine. You want to celebrate the fans. It's fine. Okay, we so were, like three players got okay. calf tattoos that said qualified after the, after the, after the, <laughs> but, after but, the other penalty. No, game. what I'm saying is, is, is there's one extreme and the other extreme is we're the worst team ever. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not like that. We're, we're, we're probably not as good as we think we are, but we're definitely not as bad as maybe some people. You're so Danish, Jimmy. You're so Danish. Whatever. This is but, so, but, but Jordy, is so they're, socialist they're, of you right now. Jordy, Jordy, I do have Danish blood, but what I'm just trying to, just trying to be somewhat sensible about this. Yes, there's plenty. I hate zonal defending on set pieces. Like that needs mm-hmm. to go away. There's yeah. little things like that that I just can't stand. Uh, and, and I actually, when the, we went down 2-0, my initial reaction was to be pissed. Because I was, I was a little deflated. I, I wanted to go out on a high note. I wanted to end qualifying by by winning in Costa Rica for the first time ever in World Cup qualification. And we just didn't get it done. And that second half left a lot to be desired. But I wanted to see how we responded. Because not everything, by the way, newsflash, hey. not everything's going to go our way in group stages either. And and how are we going to respond to that? And <laughs> And I know that we made five changes and all that good stuff. And it made it a little bit hard to find that flow. But this is important not only for the players, but for Greg and the coaching staff as well. How do we manage these situations? Because we could go down 2-0 at some point in the World Cup. And what are we going to do about it? And that gave me a little bit of a pause for concern. Hey, Jimmy, somebody hands you this banner against Panama. And you hold it up because you're caught in the commotion of your home fans. You're, you know, you're going to go see your family here in a minute. You put that up and that picture goes up on the Internet and you're in front of it. And you're, I would guess 50% of these guys at least had no idea what was going on. With this, with this thing, maybe all of them. Ah, they're smarter than right? that. Come on. Okay. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, do you think that? Do you think this was an arrogance thing? I don't think it's an arrogance thing. I think it's taking an opportunity to celebrate with your fans. That's all I thought yeah. it was. It, yeah. It's an opportunity to. They should have probably just had a banner, or maybe they did. I think this is thank. No, they said thank you, fans. Thank you, fans. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, uh, like I said, it's even is an even worse banner. But but whatever. I mean, I mean, I I, I there's probably. I don't think it's arrogance. I think it's just, we put some time into this. This is our last opportunity to be around the fans for quite some time. Let's just celebrate with them. We're so close. And I think they just tried to take advantage of the opportunity there. It wasn't the best idea. I don't think it's arrogance. I think it's just bad logistics and and just trying to take advantage of the opportunity. What's your take on, on, you know, you talked about, we, we don't have a number nine and I agree it's not a great sign. I mean, it's great that our, our defensively, we've sort of started to seal up and find partnerships. Mm-hmm. But like Jackie's written up there, Pepe, Ferreira, DK, Hoppy, Sergeant, Pifok are all about the same. Very different players, all of them. But not yeah. one of them, not like one of them is really, has yeah. made it their own, right? We Before we had, truly, you had your Josies. You had your Brian McBrides. You had... And then in between all that, I'm trying to think if there was ever anybody else that was the sure starter for a long period of time. You had Eddie Johnson at periods and you had, you know, things like that. But somebody that's Eddie. Like, yeah. Ching would get some runouts. Yeah. But I mean, Ching had, I mean, Ching's, I'm guessing is 50, 50 to 60 caps, right? When he no, less, way less than that. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, e- either all way, right. he had, he had a decent run of games. A number of guys, Connor Casey had a decent run of games. There was a lot of, a lot of players had decent runs of games up top. 
uh 45 caps for 45 Martin. so yeah nearly goals. yeah it, so a, a good amount and a good window of time but no i'm just wondering like from this group will one of them actually and it's all going to come from the club level right we saw pfock can it translate to the international level kind of missed his, his chance or his window in that one i still think he's part of it by the way they're talking about opening up the roster size to 27 for the world cup potentially yeah. um which could I mean, change things five I, subs why not yeah five subs i it, i'm gonna tell you when I first read that, I didn't think about this team. I thought about myself. And I was like, <laughs> you, if there was 27. Out? No, if there was 27 in 2010, <laughs> oh, you, uh, made it. Out of, you know, there was 30 of us in the final camp. 23 go. You would I be it. part of the four or would I be part of the last three? Would have hurt, hurt if you only got cut in the last yeah. three. But. That would have hurt. That would hurt even more. I would have been like, hey, man, like, why did you do this to me? Like, you know. Yeah, you, you just. You, you, you knew I wasn't going. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you didn't have to do. Like, this is uh, the this gift is that keeps on giving. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, again, thinking about this team, I worry about goal production. I worry about the way in which we're going to have to be able to produce goals. Because I start to wonder, like, is the target for it? Like, what's the right. If most teams have realized, hey, sit, against, sit back against the U.S., deny them vertic vertical penetration, deny them abilities to sort of pull us in and yeah. out of positions, they can't really break us down. And, and, and sometimes they lack uh, patience and, yeah. and positional discipline, as you said, with Anthony and, and uh, DeAndre getting forward, where all of a sudden we start to take these unnecessary risks. And that's to your point. If, if teams are going to identify that, and then they're going to sting us, man. They're going to sting us, and it's going to hurt. And so then what? We're going to get grouped? You knocked out in the group stages and be like, all right, back to the drawing board, even though we have hey, these incredible players. I'm I I liked I like Anthony Robinson going forward, but I still don't think his quality of, of final pass is any good. Most in terms of, of it's cross. Yeah, most of it's floated. Most of it's not to the right the, the correct foot. And don't get me wrong, like that was my position. That's a Do you hard want him thing to watch on, Anthony? On, you want him to watch uh uh, Andy Robertson videos. Yeah. I, you know, I like <laughs> or Heath, Heath yeah, Pierce yeah. interviews. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, especially when you have the ball in that position, right? You've bombed all, all the way forward. You've covered all that ground. You want to put in a decent ball. I think that still needs work. The good thing is that like somehow they're, they're reaching uh, uh, our players on crosses, even though they're not great. They're like floated or drifting or right. not, not great or not that consistent. Um, but I like his willingness to go forward. I just wonder like, at a certain point, we're going to have to go up the middle. We're going to have to try combination play, which means we're going to have to be more balanced with our fullbacks. We can't just have everything come from the wings. Because think about when you play like that setup against English teams. Bunch up the middle, force everything wide. We've got six foot seven center backs that'll clear those things out all day long. You allow us time to set up, you're never breaking us down. And at a certain mm -hmm, point, mm -hmm. you have to penetrate and take risks up the middle. And like you said, that requires patience, that requires probing and pulsing and kind of in and out, in and out, and kind of change the point of attack and then go. Whereas I think our patience sometimes is like get to the goal as quick as possible, which doesn't always work. I just think that there's still another phase of our development of sure. being able to beat a different type of opponent. Because if you're if you go through the draw right now, you go back and watch our qualifiers against teams uh, that that we struggled against, and you go, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just sit back against the U.S. and I'll just sit in two blocks, force them wide, you know, trust my fullbacks to be good one v one defensively, make sure my center backs are in good positions, kind of balanced defensively. And we're just going to clear these out all day long. We'll spring out on the counter and hope for the best, or we spring out on the counter, break the line of pressure and force them to, to defend deeper type of thing. But I, I just, there's still that piece missing that makes I us agree. really, really scary uh, in the attack with the quality that we have. If we didn't have for the quality, sure. I'd say, listen, <laughs> go back to old school national team qualifying, dump it up to Chingy, draw the foul, get a free kick, and <laughs> score a yeah, goal sure, and run sure. to the locker room. You know, you, you, what's what's interesting is we're, we're I, I know we're, we, we should be focusing on this game, 
But there were a lot of things. This is the same lineup that played against Mexico. And there were a lot of great things that I saw there in terms of positional discipline, in terms of our spacing between the lines, between not dropping too deep so we're sitting on Zach Steffen's lap or sitting on top of the box and, and reacting. I thought we were a lot more proactive in our defending against Mexico that we weren't as much in this one. It's almost like we got lulled to sleep. So I've got three questions for you, Heath. We're going to take it one at a a time. No, one at a time. Okay. And and they're all player selection. Tyler Adams goes off at halftime. Mm -hmm. Then our second half is not great. Coincidence? Or do you think what? What do you think on that? Because De La Torre comes in. We all wanted to see more De La Torre. Mm -hmm. Acosta drops into the hole. And Musa stays in. So we have Musa Acosta and De La Torre. And we just lacked a little something. And, and then within 15 minutes, or excuse me, 30, no, 15 minutes, we're down 2-0. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, wanna, I don't know. I want to answer I don't know. all those. I, I, I want, well, there's I, only I, one right there. Yeah. There's only one. All right. Do you, want, do you want me to do this one and then you can take a break? Or do you want me to go through all three first? No, let's go. Uh, that's my first question. And then, okay, okay, yeah, fine, fine. The second one is, would Weston McKinney have changed this performance? And third is Zach Steffen. He wasn't great against, I mean, he, he a little shaky against Panama on a couple opportunities mm-hmm. there, come, especially coming off of his line. Should have punched that second goal out. Instead, he tried to catch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is 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 he our number one? Or or do you feel like because of these two performances where there's been some questions of what he could have done a little bit better, do you think Matt Turner and Ethan, Ethan Horvath have, or Sean Johnson or Gaga Slonina all have a chance to maybe uh, crack in there? Well, I think you should go to a break. Give me the 20 seconds of whatever uh, <laughs> our, 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 our partners okay, are, are, are all right. doing. And then I'll come back with a really good answer. Fine, fine, fine. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, Heath is going to give us answers to my questions about player selections. Tyler Adams going out. De La Torre coming in. Weston McKinney, would he have helped? And Zach Steffen, is he our number one? We're going to answer those. At least Heath is going to try right after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to In Soccer You Trust and We Trust. I, I renamed it just for that one. In Soccer We Trust here with a few of your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team players. Actually, your two favorite. Jimmy Conrad and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And there's a third favorite, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies. But he is in studio doing Paramount Plus stuff in New York City with Clint Dempsey, Aguchi Anyewu, and the always awesome Kate Abdu. What a host that she is is now before Heath answers these questions that I asked before the break, I have a question for everybody listening and hit us up. If you're watching or listening on podcast, ISWT pod on the Twitters. But if you're watching on YouTube, here's the question. What worries you the most about the U S men's national team after qualifying? Now Heath has already kind of delved into some of those topics, but uh, I want to hear a little bit more 
from Heath Pierce about my questions, starting with Tyler Adams. Go, Heath. I think Tyler Adams, uh, it is a difference when he's not on the field. That's why when you start to build your your team or your roster, I would still have him and Musa in my sort of first three that I'm putting out there, probably with Walker Zimmerman in terms of like the three that I need on the pitch all the time. Pulisic, get it. We can still, we have other good attack. He's irreplaceable, but we have other attackers that I think can help us in a lot of ways. That's why Tyler Adams is so important. And I saw a bite, by the way, of Tyler Adams against Panama. That was old school Tyler Adams where like he is up in your face. Like, you know, when somebody, you know, when you check a ball out to somebody in basketball and they check it back and then now all of a sudden, as soon as it comes back, they're like hands in your face. Like that's the level of Tyler Adams intensity that I like that the team feeds off of, right? That type of energy. Mm -hmm. And so when he's on the field, the team is just better. The game's more predictable. And you have somebody that's always willing to do that full field run to put out a fire and things like that. So that's, that's number one. We didn't replace him like, like for like. Uh, Luca De La Torre, I think, is a, a fantastic player and continues to show his, his quality on the ball. Uh, but that's different in a game like this away from home in terms of the transition game and having somebody, again, going deeper to get the ball in between the center backs as well as just sort of that defensive or transition play is what I mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. most about Tyler Adams, that transitional play, that in between having the ball and not having the ball, that's when I think he's really, really good. Um, question number two was, would Weston McKinney, was that question two or three? Yeah, Weston McKinney. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, there was a question, not only did I ask it, but somebody in the comments asked it as well. How much of a difference would he have made? How much did we miss him in this particular game? But I remember us kind of feeling the same way. If you could hearken back, everybody, to the emotions you were feeling in that first game of qualification in El Salvador, where it was a grind. They sat in a low block. We couldn't really get vertical on them. Our best chances were off crosses or set pieces. I remember Miles Robinson missed a header that would have made it 1-0, but he hit it over. And we were all bummed because he just scored the Gold Cup final a couple of weeks prior, and, and he was in a hot hand on set pieces. And he got his head on a whole bunch of stuff here, too. It didn't, didn't hit the back of the net. Kewa Novice did make a good, good save or two. But, but I remember Weston McKinney not being as influential in, against the low block against El Salvador as well. So even though he does have some of that X-factor you know, step up and make plays when the team needs it, put the team on their back kind of quality. Uh, do you think, I assume you think he would have helped here just if anything for fresh legs, but uh, what kind of, what, what kind of help do you think he would have provided us? Heath? Well, uh, again, probably more of that, that X factor of being able to get on the end of a set piece and go from, Hey, we're getting good set pieces, getting good opportunities to being mm-hmm. like, Hey, we got a good opportunity. We're going to bury this opportunity having another one of those threats where it's probably pulling defenders all over the place that maybe gives more space to others knowing that he's such a threat. Things like that, I think, make a big difference uh, in his game. And again, just driving the ball forward, things like that, late runs in the box, any of that sort of stuff, I think, uh, would be a contribution uh, to this team more so than in a game like today where you have, again, that duplicative nature of Adams and 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 Acosta next to each other. I, I just think that there's a there's enough balance between Musa McKinney-Adams that are complementary, you know, like I've said before, that connective tissue is really strong as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, oh, you know, three quarters of our strengths are all the same between us. It's like their strengths mm-hmm. are, are different and their weaknesses are different, so they complement each other more in terms of a, uh, a way in which we can play. And also, just like I said, Having him on the field makes a difference in the fact that you could have it, you could, your team can play poorly or average or just be in a scrappy match and find a way to get a result because he's on the field and can do that. Well, some of the concerns before you get to the Zach Steffen part of the conversation is that we've done the bare minimum. Quinn makes a good point about I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential here because 
we just should be able to do and accomplish more. And, and that's what frustrates him and, and probably leads to, you know, some, some nerves heading into the draw this Friday. And then Quinn also said, uh, Stefan did well in Azteca. The other fixtures, this window, not so much. Seems to be lacking confidence. Hope we see Horvath in the Nations League. And then also Jackie D said, and this is something we've talked about before, it's just a lack of a plan B. When plan A isn't working, what can we fall back on that everybody's on the same page about? It's not just falling back into Pulisic trying to do things by himself, Timo Weah trying to do things by himself. Anthony Robinson bombing forward, trying to, you know, hitting a hopeful cross. Like, what is our plan B? And I, and I do agree that it seems like we lack a little bit of that. And, and not that it leads us to panic, but it just leads us to trying to play in ones and twos and maybe defensively as well, which leads to emotion, which leads to frustration. And when you get to that point on the field, you've been there before, Heath. It yeah. sucks. It sucks when you can feel the game getting away from you collectively because now you know it's going to impact you at an individual level, and, and how do you regain that well, confidence when you don't have any? How do you regain momentum when you don't have any either, especially away from home? Oh, Valentina says, what worries me is the coach. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but he's done a great job with a team that had zero experience getting him to a qualifier. He did, he did, he did. We, we basically took a bunch of potential, which is quality not yet realized, and turned it into some form of quality to qualify, which I which I can, I can, I can respect. Uh, it's tough to criticize somebody who's qualified you for a World Cup because look at Panama. They were just a couple games away. And you could talk about their team or their depth sure, or whatever. Sure. But they were in a prime position to also compete for a first three, if not the fourth place, and, and they didn't get it done. Zach Stefan, to answer that one quickly, uh, I am worried about him. He doesn't look confident. He almost doesn't look healthy or fit. He kind of looked, ever since he kind of got that early knock uh, against Panama. No, not Panama. Was it Panama? Yeah, Panama. Mm-hmm, Was mm-hmm. It? Was it Mexico? Yeah, I think it's Panama. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, he he just looked a little bit shaky, and and this game too, same thing. Looked confident to come off his line, missed missed that clearance that then eventually led to to the goal. But, um, yeah, I I I, I think we're you're spot on, Jimmy. What you're saying before in terms of the, the the team, and when somebody was saying just a few minutes ago in the comment of Pulisic, I can't remember who it was up top, and and or or. Was it Reina, Pulisic, and... and um, Pepe? No, Wea. Wea. Mm-hmm. I like that. What I want is I want Reina as close to other technical players as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If we have a striker, whether it's Ferreira or Pepe, living in isolation up top, we need the top of our, our midfield three and our wingers to be much more com- much closer together in terms of combination play because to get the best out of Reina, he's got to get the ball, run at players, combination play follow that pass you know get face be facing the field and allow combination play around that same with Pulisic Pulisic wants to drive inside get that ball follow it get it mm-hmm. back and then and then open up the game or change the point of attack and those types of things when you saw Pulisic the, like two minutes he was on the right hand side mm-hmm. he doesn't know where to go on the right hand side but when he's driving inside and he can see a target that he can feed into mm-hmm. follow it and co- like combine I think that also plays in the strengths of Pepe I mean not Pepe but Reina and so I don't have a solution right now because it's sort of stream of consciousness, but I want to see them more connected on the field mm-hmm, somehow. Mm-hmm. Whether that so, means so you, would you put Rain at the 10? Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you put Rain at the 10? And if Rain at the 10, then you have to break up Musa, McKinney, and Adams. Now, Fight Pizza, still one of my favorite names in mm-hmm. our community, says quality not yet realized. We have players that start for Juve, Chelsea, Barcelona. Well, two of those players didn't actually perform in this window. And I think that has to be taken into consideration. As much as there's a lot of hate for Greg Berhalter, he still had to manage this team without some of his top players to lean on and yep. must win games. He said this was the biggest week of his coaching life and he got the job done. And, and I think what sucks is that 
it's just ending on a sour note. It's ending with a performance that didn't inspire anybody. When we came off a performance against Panama, that did. People were inspired. Pulisic got a hat trick. We, we, we played well. We scored some good goals. And we just couldn't parlay that. And that actually gives me some concern for this team. We never seem to like get going. Like we never get like five games in a row where we're just absolutely crushing it. It just seems we have these brief moments where we do well and then it's uh, we don't do well. And then, oh, okay, we figured it out. And then we don't, it, it feels stifled at times. And I think maybe that's what frustrates not only me and you, Heath, but everybody, right? We just feel like this team has got more to give. And, and I think it lends itself to having more plan Bs, knowing how to manage different situations, how to manage different teams that, that, and solving problems that different teams present, whether it's in a low block or if they're trying to press you high or whatever it may be. So there's a lot of questions that still need some answers. Hey, and, Traeger and, wants and us and to go back this... on, on Stefan, by the way. He wants that. He wants, <laughs> he wants to talk about Stefan. I, well, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to say, I'm trying pre- to say Heath right now. Heath, please answer the Zach Stefan thing for Traeger. I, Zach Stefan, after this window, is not my number one. And he's showing that either he's not healthy or his confidence isn't there. But how could your confidence be there? He doesn't play games. Would you ever feel confident if you went three months and all you play is a game? Like, I know goalkeepers are different. Uh, they are and different. I know that's, that's <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, Your Honor, my, my client is built different. Uh, I, 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 I get that. But you still want to have everybody that's in your lineup as, as much as possible getting games because it's going to make them better. It's better experience and things like that. He's been solid. You he's been good. I like when he's good with his feet. But in these two last games, I just didn't feel... Like he was at his best in a way that you go like in the way that when we went back to, to Matt Turner between him and they went with Stefan, you go, Oh yeah, it makes sense. Stefan, he's good with his feet. He's a good leader. And those types of, I didn't see that same level of like chest out confidence that we get with him where fundamentally he's sound for 90 minutes straight. What's interesting is I'm glad you brought up the knock in the Panama game. I completely forgot that that happened. And I thought he was going to come out. That's what the knock looked like. I thought he was going to come out and we're going to see Horvath. I was like, sweet. We were already in control of that Panama game at that point. So why not just throw Horvath out there? And maybe, maybe there was something there, but clearly he was fit enough to start this one. There is something lacking. He doesn't seem sharp. I think that's probably what you're getting to. And I think it opens up the door for Matt Turner to potentially come through. Now we've seen, and there's been evidence of Zach Steffen's feet coming in handy, playing out of tough situations, dropping a, drop it a little uh, dime over, you know, opposing forward and into one of our outside backs. It does unlock some of that pressure. Mm -hmm. Matt Turner doesn't have that in his back consistently. And we've seen Matt Turner in the Canada game where he had an opportunity to start a good one. Didn't that wasn't Matt Turner's best game of all time, but Mm -hmm. in terms of shot stopping and and maybe being a little bit more consistent with, with, and I think where I saw Zach Steffen get a little bit iffy in the Panama game was coming off of his line. And if Matt Turner can be a little bit more consistent in that space and, and make good decisions, because as, as former defenders, all you want is, your, is to know what your goalkeeper is going to do in every situation. That way, you know, okay, I know he's coming out here and I can get in behind him and, and protect the line in case he misses it or whatever. But if you're going up for balls and you don't know if the goalkeeper is coming out, yeah, you got to figure that shit out because that is going to hurt us. And, and I said this before to somebody when I was watching the game, Set pieces are killers, man. Like that could really separate us from whether we're going to get through the group stages or not. And if we're not locking things down defensively, and I hate zonal defending on set pieces, by the way, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. I cannot say it. Just man mark. You can maybe have one person be zonal. Okay. Kind of, kind of in the space in the six yard box by the goalkeeper, maybe somebody at the post or whatever, but 
But outside of that, everybody's got a man mark. There's no way that that somebody standing still is going to outjump somebody who's got a running start. Just never going to happen. So I hate that. But but set pieces are going to prove to be the difference. And, and tonight, set pieces were the difference. They scored two of their goals off of set pieces. Sure, one was a broken play, but it started because Zach Steffen didn't punch it. He tried to catch it. And we had a ton of set pieces. We had free kicks. We had corner kicks. Probably the most we've ever seen in a game. I was like, God damn it. We got a whole bunch of these. And I was thinking, man, when I talk to the in soccer, we trust crowd. I'm going to get into the fact that we were being proactive, in the, at least in the first half, where we, we, we got a ton of corners. And, and we were in and around our, uh, our attacking third, their defensive third. We were putting them under pressure. It wasn't run to play, but that's where the space. We were taking what they were giving us, and we were trying to make the most of it. Now, we lost our way a little bit in the second half, but those set pieces are going to be so vital in, in, in the World Cup. They are, and we have to have them locked down on both sides, and we need a goalkeeper to get back to Zach Steffen, a goalkeeper that's going to make consistent decisions when we're defending them because that's going to make a big difference for everybody else. Hey, I, can I just say also, because I just popped over to Twitter, people are oh, no. pretty pissed off about the way in which this national team qualified, and I get it. I, too, am holding these guys to a standard that I haven't ever held a national team, including the ones that I played on, too, because of the quality that we have. And like what's been mentioned before, the players, where they play their club ball and who they play with and where they spend their time on a regular basis at the mm -hmm. level that they have to play to compete for starting spots right. that many of them have. Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, I don't need to say them. Uh, 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 Serginho Dest, who obviously wasn't here. We also, uh, you <laughs> I know, don't have to say him, but Serginho Dest, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, I mean, it's a, it's a reminder that we have guys playing at the top five, 10 clubs in the world right now and, and consistently. And I think that's an unbelievable thing, but you can never take away the fact that they qualified, you know, it, right. it's, 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 and it's a little easy now and convenient now to be like, well, just qualify. And then when they qualify, yeah, but. Look at the way that you did it. You know, like, <laughs> you, you, did, you didn't. You I, I love didn't your Bob Bradley it, voice. Keep you going. didn't do it in a way that was up to my liking, you know, where I was like, to be honest with you, I thought they fought pretty well today. And I thought they fought pretty good uh, throughout uh, this qualifying campaign. They had a couple off moments, but overall, I, I, I still have to say that I'm super proud of this group. I don't want to lose sight of that. Of course, I'm super of proud of what this group has done, uh, considering that. I remember my first qualifier and I remember how hard that was. And I remember just how foreign it was to me to go into that. I think it was a way to Guatemala or something like that. And, and it was a really hard one. And it's none of these guys experienced that until they experienced that this qualifying for a world cup is not the nation's league. That's a brand new tournament. It's whatever, like you've said, Jimmy, you know, it's not, uh, it's not the gold cup, which is a tournament that comes every so often. And we're the favorites on every time. It's World Cup qualifying, and everyone's playing for their lives, all the teams. And like you said, there's more teams in it this year. So I, I know I'm on a little bit of a rant, but I, I, I don't want to lose sight of you and I being critical with just how important it was that they got this job done. You know, you go back to the turning point against Honduras. Very down moment going into that halftime of going, man, this might be history repeating itself all over again. We were so far from that by the end of what Honduras was. We were in control of our own destiny from that moment on, where we had a few slip-ups, not great against Canada. We didn't get a result at, at, Azteca, at Azteca. But overall, we pretty much won our home games and tried to get a point on the road and did enough. Now, could it be better? Yes. But am I still happy with the way that the fact that we're, we're getting to criticize a team that's going to the World Cup? What a privilege to be able to do that. <laughs> because four years ago, that was something that no one in the U.S. would have ever imagined. And it was probably a long time coming based on what we were trying to do, what we were trying to create, and the fact that we were sort of 
sweeping the issues under the rug or try, doing enough to qualify but not doing enough to be a great national team. And now we are far from that. Look at the talent of these players. Look at the quality of these players. We can, we can, we can deal with all these 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds getting better over time and hopefully being better by the World Cup. Well, I, I love what you said at the start. Which was what about the rest? You didn't like the, the rest? Nah, Just, some of it was okay. Yeah, yeah. But what, yeah. what you said at the start was that this new generation was carrying kind of the skeletons of the old generation, and that they had to work through the expectations of this quote unquote golden generation. They didn't also, choose that. They didn't choose to have to go through that, right? Like that was no, you know, right? Exactly, and and they had to deal with that disappointment, and and like you know that that old generation was like, here you go, here's. Here's all the crap. You know, good luck with everything. And and I think there was some element of that that they had to work through, not only uh, on on the field but off the field. And, and I, I there's a lot of things to be proud of for sure with this group. And and but but ultimately, it just would have been nice to see them perform in a way yeah. that matched the other two games. To be honest, you know, I thought the Mexico game was very measured. I thought we did everything right in that game. I really do. We had a good lineup. Two huge chances too. We had a good plan and we had two huge chances to to walk out of there with a win. And we could have we we should have. I mean, they didn't mm -hmm. have too much. Zach Steffen didn't have to do too much. Panama game, we needed some goddamn goals and we got them in a in a hurry. And and uh Pulisic took the armband and and uh, it was probably the best he's ever played with the captain's armband, and it was awesome. And then this game, it just I don't know what the psyche was going in. There's probably a lot to unpack here. We're working. Everybody, just so you know, Walker Zimmerman is, is a pal of both of ours, and he's he's going to come on the show. We don't know exactly when yet. I feel like we almost want him after the World Cup draw, just so we can get a little bit more insight on how he's feeling about those three particular countries we're playing up against. But we can ask him. We can ask him some tough questions. He's he's a good dude and open, and uh, and that's why we love him. So So he's going to be coming on the show soon. Don't worry. And hopefully we'll get some more of that insight once the dust is settled, once some of the emotion of this particular result has worn off and we can really start to truly look forward to, to who's in our, in our group when we have something else to talk about. But yeah, I'm disappointed in this performance as well and specifically the second half because the first half was okay. We were just, we were out there, but I don't know if it was a motivation thing, if it was just them being tired. A lot of guys logged a lot of minutes. It's not easy to play three difficult games and two of them away from home. And, and, and with that type of pressure. So, so yeah, there's, 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 uh, I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to be empathetic. And there's a part of me like, we can still play better. Heath, we could still play better. Yeah, but Jimmy, <laughs> how many times have you, have you been in games that you're not playing well? Things go, I'm, 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 th I'm thinking like gold cup final for this team. I'm thinking nations league. But we didn't deserve to win the Nations League. True. But when you come out of that alive, you come out of it with a trophy and, and, and a winning experience and an experience where you kind of look around and you go, man, how did that happen, right? Uh, and and so when, that's the feeling that I think that I would have from a game like this, which is like, man, that was really bad, but we got yeah. out of it and we achieved the ultimate goal. Now, I agree. This team wasn't that exciting. And I agree that maybe I'm being a little bit too... Uh, emotional and and giving them too much credit for the failures of the last group you know maybe that is the case maybe that is something that i'm doing too much and maybe i should ultimately be pissed off at these guys if they don't play at the quality that they play at their club teams week in week out national teams a different game the speed of the international game is a different different thing and i don't think we've gotten the best out of in, most of our players uh consistently you know 
if you go to our best 11s, Jimmy, since the start of World Cup qualifying, they've changed quite a bit, right? Yeah, a Walker Zimmerman out, Walker Zimmerman in. You know, Weston McKinney completely out. Weston McKinney, top of the list. Gio Reyna, top three. He's out. Mm-hmm. And some of that's injury and some of that's form. Some of that's playing at the club level. We're taking all that into account. But we have seen a roller coaster of, of, of performances. But we have gotten some clarity in terms of, okay, Jedi Robinson, there's our left back. You know, Sergio Dest now playing at Barcelona, there's our right back. A Yunus guy that Musa. we were saying, Yunus Musa, another one, zero experience, young guy, teenager. You know, he's 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 a shoe in our midfield. Tyler Adams continues to step up as a leader and get more and more experience. I mean, you look at some of the caps that these guys had going into World Cup qualifying, some of them have very few, if any. And, and now we're coming out of the back of it, qualified for a World Cup, still very young. Most of these guys... I would say almost all of them outside of maybe Walker Zimmerman are, are going to be in the prime of their careers in 2026. Like they're young, young, right? So, now, so you know? just while you're on that, that young thing, 13 out of 14 U S starting lineups have been age 24 or younger average age of 24 or younger during World Cup qualifying. And that is tremendous. And as I mentioned before, Costa Rica and Mexico should take notes because when they played younger, rosters tonight they actually performed quite well and looked kind of vibrant in a lot of different ways and i feel like we've been tapping into that so that's also something that needs to be taken into consideration we have very very young players experienced for sure they played some big clubs and they're cutting their teeth at some of the highest levels around the world but uh they're still young and they hadn't gone through this before and it's just different everybody said it if you talk to any former players that have been through it it's just different than anything else they've ever experienced and when you get through it you're just relieved. I think that's the big word for tonight. Just a little bit of relief that we got through it. We qualified. Now, speaking about those other results really quick, Mexico did the business. They won 2-0 over El Salvador. Uriel Antuna in particular looked very good, getting the start over Chucky Lozano. Panama beat Canada 1-0, which means Canada drops into pot four. I'm going to get into the pots here in a little bit. And then Jamaica came back from a goal down to beat Honduras 2-1 to one to end their qualifying on a high note. But the reggae boys don't have much to show for it other than that win. Panama's absolutely got to be crestfallen given how close they were. And, and how vital was that point for us against Mexico and Azteca? It ended up being very vital in us qualifying, taking a ton of pressure off this final game. And obviously, thanks to Honduras for getting that late draw against Panama to really mm-hmm. put us at ease as well. Now, Canada drops into to pot four. Now, we're going to get into the pots tomorrow. Hollywood Heath won't be here. I'll be with Charlie, Chuck Wagon Davies. And that is going to kick off at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you're here for that or catch us on the podcast if you like to listen to it at a later time or at your leisure. But if you want to join in on the instant comments and get your comments in, make sure you join us tomorrow. That is, again, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. We'll get into all the pots and everything that's going to set up for the World Cup draw. And we get to decide which draw we really want because we can look at everything. But Canada, it's pretty... Important because now that they drop into pot four, they don't get to play against any other pot four teams. If they had won and beat Panama, they would have been in pot three. It would have, you know, etched up or moved them up the FIFA rankings a little bit higher to win. Uh, and they didn't get it done. And that's that that could prove pretty costly for them because now they go into a pot four team. I will say though, if you draw Canada, you're going to be pissed at their pot four team because that well, ultimately what that shows me is that Canada is now going to be maybe in the group of death because yeah. they're going to add to that group of deathness to it. Now, uh, Mexico and U.S. Are, are pot two based on their FIFA rankings. And then pot four will be automatic for Costa Rica who take on New Zealand. Any of the intercontinental playoff teams, then it'll be Peru versus it looks like Australia. They got to take on United Arab Emirates to decide who they're going to play uh, Peru. 
all those teams will be in pot four, just so you so you know. But yeah, here's a look at it from Paul Carr. Uh, Qatar obviously getting in as the host nation in pot one. And then uh, you got Portugal, Spain, England, Argentina, France, Belgium, and Brazil. Pot two, Netherlands. You got Germany. You got Mexico, U.S., Denmark, Switzerland, Croatia, and Uruguay. And then you guys can see the rest from there. Senegal in pot three. We could get Senegal in yeah. pot three. I think this, we're I think we're destined thing. to get Ghana, by the way. <laughs> pot, pot three is pot three. I think actually, when you think about uh Iran, you think about uh Morocco, Serbia, Poland, South Korea, and Tunisia, like pot four to me arguably has more sleeper teams than pot three. Yeah, you got Ecuador, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia finished Ghana, the group forcing Ecuador. Australia, forced Australia into a into the playoff spot, going, you know, I think 25 something points in there. In their in their group games, you know Ghana Ghana is fantastic. UEFA playoff winner. Uh, if if Peru they take on, I think it's uh, I think it's Australia. Um, I think Australia is the yeah Australia is the AFC third place, and then Costa Rica, New Zealand, not too much of a threat there. I think if you're looking at the other pots, but like still respect. I, I say that after they beat the US with their with their B team two uh, nil, but uh, so no disrespect to them on that one. But yeah, I mean it's shaping up. Uh, to be uh, a big deal, like you said, for Canada to to drop down into into that pot. There, there's going to be a nasty group or two, and hopefully we can avoid it. We don't usually avoid it. <laughs> no, but, we, get, uh, we get thrown straight. We into always that, get thrown right into it. I mean, I guess if you're gonna win anything of consequence or have a deep run, you're gonna have to beat a couple good teams along the way. That's just how it works, apparently. But uh, any final thoughts for you, Heath Pierce? You won't be with us tomorrow, so maybe any final thoughts you have about this particular game, and then I'll give you an additional opportunity to give us final thoughts about this whole qualifying window. Uh, yeah, my final thoughts are again just you know congratulations to the team. It's it's really easy to sit on the sidelines right now like us and be able to criticize, which we do, and hold them to the standard that we want to hold them to. I I think they've got a long ways to go to be competitive in a World Cup, regardless of the group that they go into, uh, in terms of having more game plans and more fluidity in those game plans. Uh, but for a single moment, probably until tomorrow morning when we start to criticize them again, uh, I just want to wish them congrats. And, and you know, you and I both know a number of those players and we know the stresses of qualifying for a World Cup and how difficult that can be. And and they did it. Maybe not in the most beautiful of fashions or in the way that we want for, you know, wanting to be one of the best teams in the world to finish third. It's a little bit disappointing. It's a, it's a game of moments. Could have gone either way against Mexico. But to, but to look at this, like you said, to get a point away from home against Mexico – crush Panama to set ourselves up for not really mattering how we play because you're not going to give up six goals against Costa Rica ever uh, in a game like that, I think is a pretty spectacular thing, even if they finished it on a, on a low note. That's my, my final thought. All right, Heath Pierce. My final thought is relief. I'm just glad that we did it. I remember exactly where I was in 2017 when we didn't qualify. I was in London and I was like, I'm going to go to sleep because we're going to at least at the very least get a draw against the I did the same, Jimmy. I did the same. I was and in I Dubai. I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning because I had to, I had to wake up pretty early, so the game had actually just ended like an hour before. My phone had essentially melted. The the amount of texts and messages I was getting, my all my notifications, it was crazy. And I woke up at four thirty a.m. I woke up the whole house, and I, I I just couldn't believe. And I had to say it out loud at four thirty a.m. We didn't qualify for the World Cup. What the hell happened? And uh, that is a fresh, fresh wound. So for us to have put that to bed and to now look forward to a proper World Cup with some of the most talented players that we've ever produced makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. And I hope it does the same for you, despite everybody's disappointment about how we played tonight, especially in the second half. Now, as a reminder, before I let you go, join us again tomorrow, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay, me and Charlie Davies will be here 
as we look at all this stuff with regard to the draw and, and obviously do a recap on the full window. It should be a lot of fun, so make sure that happens. And we'll be with you on Friday at the same time. We're going to get into all of what happens in the World Cup draw and all the implications as it stands for the U.S. men's national team. And we have some special guests. I can't name any names yet, but we're going to have some special guests joining us for that one. That will also be at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Thursday, Friday, coming at you in Soccer We Trust. It's what we do. Make sure if you're on the YouTubes, hit like and subscribe. Turn on the notifications so you never miss when we are going live. And then if you're listening to this in podcast form, please follow us. Hit subscribe, leave a five-star review. We really appreciate your support, and we can't wait to see you tomorrow. See you then in soccer group we trust. Death. Group, group of, of death. death. Group, group of, of death. death. Later, everybody. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>